0: Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust Show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, everyone. It's been summer. I've been having a great summertime, hitting up the Tuesday night farmer's market with friends, going on walks, hitting the pool with my kids, and I've had to make some concessions in business as a result. I've had less childcare available to me. And because of that, I don't want to spend as much time creating content. And I thought, you know, my clients are largely in the same boat, and I'm assuming you are too. So if that is the case, let's talk in this episode about different kinds of content automation, specifically three different kinds of content automation you can apply in your business today. Now, there are plenty of options when it comes to content creation. And I want to call out one important thing first nothing is completely automated nothing. <laughs> or at least not if you want to sound like a real person, a real human, someone who deeply understands your best client and aims to serve them well, building authority around around their, their subject area of expertise. That said, there are plenty of ways to automate your content and I'm going to cover my favorite three here. As I said already, my direct clients or I use each of these methods regularly, so I am speaking from experience, not just theory. The first one is create once, repurpose at will. The second is hire a dedicated employee or content VA. And the third is using AI for the grunt work and human touch for finishing it up. Let's talk about that first one, which is kind of repurposing and curating content. This is the content creation method that I recommend for most course creators and service providers. So if nothing else, this is something that you're gonna wanna pay attention to. There are a few prerequisites. One is having a content distribution system, a content database, and a measurement process. And in all of those prerequisites are probably going to apply to to each of these. A few of them have a, a few kind of unique tilts, but I'm not talking about those particular areas in this particular piece of content because they're kind of a given. So that said, the premise here in repurposing and curating is mining your past published pieces. And that means that you don't have to constantly create new content. I like using this content automation method in tandem with new once a week content so that you have the ability to, to refresh your database and to answer happening in the right now moment and questions and news items and, and generally staying in touch with their audience as well. That said, subscribing to software like Meet Edgar or Buffer will simplify this method as it helps you maintain these curated lists of content. You're also gonna want to ensure that you're measuring the results of what you're posting So you can remove poor performing pieces from the mix and keeping a content database of your own content and the appropriate graphics, quotes, videos, whatever you have that belongs to each one of those pieces. That is a must since you're going to want to access those each time you repurpose. Repurposing, by the way, doesn't have to be just simply reposting the content exactly as you did the first time. You can add a new hook or... A new story that can catch attention. You can pair it with a better analogy that will help a different segment of your audience see you as their their next big investment. Or yeah, you can simply repost it. The pros to this particular method is that you're always going to have something to post even if life gets in in the way or a little hectic. And you're going to want to see my podcast episode on business during a crisis for more on why this matters, but just know it is a big benefit to this method. Another pro is that it can increase your reach and help you build authority. If you're curating others' content, you may see a surge in others posting your own content. It can help you grow your audience. For example, if you tweet about someone else's articles and then they retweet what you tweeted because you tagged them on it. Ultimately, that is a a bit of a Hail Mary for audience growth, but it can increase your own exposure when you do curate other people's content and add that into your curation mix. There's also cons to this method. And the downside is if you're too automated, you could look out of touch. So here's an example. If you're a job coach and you're reposting an older blog article you wrote, you could post about how to land a job during a pandemic when it's no longer really a pandemic. Or you could post about uh, best negotiation tips in an up job seekers market when people are actually talking about a recession now. This could make you look careless and definitely out of touch, as I said. Another con is that no matter how often I encourage people to give their own take on curated content, most are just going to post a link and a quote and run. And this is not going to help build your authority. It's not going to help you gain more audience. It's instead going to make you look like you're just riding on another's coattails, especially if you do it too often. So that's the first method I like. The second is hiring out your content creation. There are the same prerequisites of having a content system, a measurement process, but you also add the one of having an employee that you're paying, of course. Now, if you're the face of your business, your face can't really be hired out. I mean, maybe it could with all these new deep software, deep fake software options, right? But even if you're just creating the once a week piece for your business, you can hire out the rest. And that means you could write the blog or film the video or record your podcast Flag your VA or employee in your project management system, something like ClickUp, and then everything else was going to happen without you. So it takes you out of most of the piece. The pros for this method is it keeps you in your zone of genius. As I mentioned in a previous podcast episode on the topic of unhealthy content creation, it shouldn't feel hard to create content. It's using certain marketing tactics over others, like the actual mechanics of posting that feels hard for most people. So simply talking about the subject that you're already passionate about, that's the easy part. And hiring out the rest keeps that part feeling easy, so you'll be less likely to avoid it or procrastinate on it, like, forever. Now, using myself as an example, I only spend about an hour a week on my regular content. I don't edit my podcast's audio, I don't write the show notes, I don't create the quote graphics or email my guests. It makes just the content, the podcast creation part of it easy for me, and it keeps me, again, in that zone of genius. That doesn't mean that there aren't cons to this method. You are going to have to train people how you want your business to run. This may be a work in progress. You're probably going to have to release some control, especially if you're a little type A like me, and that can be difficult for some people. And things are not always going to be exactly to your standards. I have to be okay with that, knowing that I've gained so much time for myself back into my business. This method is going to really thrive if you have a good content system, like the show up system in your back pocket, you'll have all those templates and checklists, making sure that you or the person you hire are still following the same process that you've used all along. Having those SOPs kind of written out for you is a huge win for this method. And also, again, if you're the face of your business and video is your main platform, it might not feel like you're outsourcing a whole lot. You still are, but it could feel like you're still creating a lot of content and it might not feel fresh and easy. All right. So the third option, third method of content creation automation that I enjoy is not something I actually enjoy. It's using AI tools for content creation. You're still gonna need that content distribution system, but you're also gonna need an AI tool and probably a lot of patience along the way. Now, I don't really enjoy this one. It does feel a little bit icky and I almost didn't include it. I don't think on its face, this is an authentic way to add content creation to your business. Content marketing should involve you, the idea person and the founder as much as possible. Tools like Jarvis were all the rage like a year ago or so, but after testing it out, I didn't see the fuss for that kind of content. It didn't feel like the kind of content I personally desire. And I was like, I actually create it faster on my own than using a tool like that and then spending forever editing it to sound like me. Now, to be fair, if I were gonna generate a new content site on like, you know, ways to teach your kids safe pyrotechnic techniques or dairy-free living for the whole family, I'd probably use a tool like this to create a whole lot of content quickly. But I wouldn't want that to be an idea generator. And I probably wouldn't want to use it if I was using a more touchy-feely kind of business. I certainly wouldn't use it for content expecting to drive high-ticket clients my way. That said, there are some benefits to using AI tools for content creation. I, in the past year or two, have bought the Moodles for both Crawl IQ and Outranking as a way to create better SEO content for my website, And I've been mostly disappointed in the actual writing aspect of it, but this is still on the pro side because they're both really great at helping me create outlines for blog articles and podcast episodes. Do I use them to write the whole script? I do not, but I do use them for headline creation because my brain thinks in informative writing first, persuasive second, and then finally it does like a filter for search engine friendly. So these tools can help me keep me in check and make sure that I'm creating content that is searchable. I also use them when researching topics for clients because I don't have the subject matter expertise on everything, surprise, surprise. I might know their topic, but I might not know how their clients are searching for that term or you know what verbiage they're using for those searches. So these tools are really great for researching that kind of thing. Saving time is the biggest pro for these AI tools, but you're gonna need patience in editing their content to make it sound like you, fit your brown voice, and ultimately serve your best client well. There's cons, of course, you, I know you know that they're coming. The learning curve for these tools is not easy. It seems like every time I log into you or Outranking, they've changed something and I have to learn their processes all over again. It's a lot of time investment. And if you're doing content creation in batches, like once a quarter, or maybe even just once a month, that's probably a lot of relearning time that you're going to have to invest in. Another big, oof, really big con to these is plagiarism. I mean, how do you think these intelligence tools are getting so intelligent if they're not searching other articles on this topic? I've seen headlines in like H2 and H3 tags that were clearly lifted from other articles and not even all that on topic for what I was trying to do in the first place. Another con related to that is homogenization. So if you're sourcing ideas from these tools, you're just gonna regurgitate others' ideas. And you know, if there are 50 articles out there with rephrased, sure, but basically mirror content of each other, you're just adding to the noise out there and you're probably not gonna get noticed. So if you're only using them for SEO research like I am, that's less likely to happen, but it's still a possibility. And if you wanna stand out above all the others that they're creating content, you need to make sure you include your unique touch, your unique personality, so that people will actually pay attention and notice your content. Remember, we start with attention. People pay attention with you and then they have to decide whether they're interested. And if you sound just like everyone else, they're not gonna be interested. You don't even get to that trust-building phase if you aren't getting good attention to start with. So in conclusion, on the subject of content automation tools and methods, none of these solutions are going to be completely automated in the way where you could totally step away from content creation in your business. They will, however, save time. And if you didn't notice, if you use all three of them in conjunction with each other, you'll have a really well-rounded content strategy and you're gonna be ahead than if you weren't trying to automate anything at all. That's why we call it the content creation hamster wheel because if you have not automated any of this, you will be constantly churning out new content. Now, I know, I know you guys that setting up some of these processes might be a little bit difficult. I'm here if you need that. You can always book into an intensive with me where we can go over what your content creation process is going to be We can pull in pieces of some of these methods or create a process entirely unique to you and your way of working. That is why I'm here. I'm here to help make something work for your unique business. Now, with that said, if you found value in this content, please do me a solid and like or review where you found this, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube, those reviews, those likes, they help other people find this really good content. And if you found value and you want to say thank you, somehow, that is one of the easiest and one of the best ways for you to say thank you. Until that, see you guys next week.